What I meal prep is either going to be my lunch or my dinner. I typically make like a soup and then another something else. And I'll try to utilize the same ingredients. So for example, I said like I get really crafty with like ground turkey. So here's an example of something that I may do if I was meal prepping. Um, I made, and this one was really good. And I was just thinking about it. I think I kind of want to make it again, like stuffed cabbage, you know, stuffed cabbage where it's like the rice and ground beef and the tomato and it's rolled up in cabbage. Well, I made a stuffed cabbage soup. So I kind of was like, "Mm, I don't want like to eat the stuffed cabbage and it's getting cooler outside. So I'm loving incorporating soups, but instead of the beef, I used ground Turkey. Um, I just chopped up the cabbage. I used brown rice instead of using white rice. And it was kind of all the same things that you would put into that, um, into that, uh, stuffed cabbage roll, but like chopped up and made into a soup and it was so good. And I just like, I mean, I ate that. And a lot of times what I love about meal prepping soup and what's helpful for me today if I don't finish what I've have portion, like what I've cooked, I will put it in a Ziploc bag and freeze it. So since I've been gone for over a week, I just pulled out a bag of chili that I had made and I had a couple portions left. So that's about to be my lunch when we're done here. (laughs) I'm going to go heat up that. So there's no work involved. I already had it stashed away. I can pull it out. Um, Another thing that I did, um, let's just say same ground turkey was I made some um, turkey Mediterranean turkey meatballs. So it's still, Mm -hmm. you're still getting that great, um, protein out of it, but I put like some feta cheese in it, some Kalamata olives, all those flavors. And then I just, um, cooked those off and I topped it with tzatziki. Now tzatziki is another, add some more protein onto it because you're looking at Greek yogurt, cucumbers, right? So it's all, I just try to think about where am I getting maximum protein, um, and still getting some carbs in there, but like really trying to balance it, but very protein heavy. And it's usually, I just try to keep the same, protein for everything that I meal prep because it is mostly just for me Um, and then adding in little things here and there. Hi, welcome to the Active Bariatric Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Tirapelli, a bariatric sports dietitian, and I help post-bariatric clients achieve their fitness goals through better nutrition and addressing the problems that come from typical bariatric and sports nutrition advice that just don't work for an active bariatric lifestyle. Welcome to another episode of the Active Bariatric Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Tirapelli, bariatric sports dietitian. Today, I'm super excited to have on bariatric athlete and professional chef, Stephanie Mitchell, also known as Steph the Shrinking Chef on Instagram. Stephanie has been a professional chef for 25 years and has struggled with obesity her entire life, despite playing multiple sports as a kid and continuing to remain active as an adult. After years of frustration and endless yo-yo dieting, she decided that she needed help and underwent the vertical sleeve gastrectomy surgery in September of 2020. She was recently married with two amazing stepkids and was growing frustrated with constantly sitting out of family activities because of her weight. Stephanie's why was strong. She knew she wanted to live a long, happy, and active life with her family. Now at three years post-op, she's reached the maintenance phase of her journey and she is no longer sitting on the sidelines. Instead, you will find her hiking, primitive backpack camping, kayaking, zip lining, and riding roller coasters. She's also switched gears in her love of food and started flipping recipes to fit her bariatric lifestyle, but making sure they are still something her whole family will love. Her biggest non-scale victory to date is becoming a runner, as she swore running would never be for her. Stephanie's fitness goal for 2023 is to run a 5K each month, which she is on track to accomplish. Her husband joined her in the school, and they even got the kids involved when they can. Stephanie feels it's absolutely insane to her to be watching this journey come full circle, and she couldn't be happier. 
Hey, Steph, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. You bet. Yeah, no, I know we've talked a lot offline and got to do a Berry Nation podcast together, which was really fun and got kind of connected us. So I've just been kind of watching your journey and all your 5Ks and all the accomplishments you're doing. And I was like, that's it. I got to have Ron talk to her. I'm excited to hear all about it. So so tell us a little bit about um, why did you have bariatric surgery? What was, you know, how did that decision come to be and, and how has it impacted your life? Yeah. So like you had just said, I've been, I was overweight my whole life. I was the, I was a chubby kid um, when it came down to it. So I have a sister that I'm a year and a half apart from. My nickname was Beaners as a kid and hers was String Beans. So there was a little bit of a difference there. <laughs> and yeah. so um it was just a struggle. It was hard. And, you know, you, you, I don't know, we just fought through it. But as I got older, I became a chef and that certainly didn't help because I knew how to make really delicious food and you're always on the go and you just pick and grab what you can. And there's nothing well-rounded or healthy about it. Um, even though I worked out and, you know, it wasn't for lack of exercise or dedication or anything like that, or like I said, you know, the yo-yo dieting, I was forever dieting. It came to um, New Year's Eve of 2019. And, you know, I put the dress on and my husband and I were going out and well, it was my boyfriend at the time. But anyway, um, I just didn't feel good about myself. I didn't feel even though I was always a bigger girl, I always felt good about myself. Like I felt attractive. Um, I just didn't feel it. And so it was right around that time. And I think it hits people a lot that time of year for whatever reason. But in the early in January, I just knew like, I have to do something different. I can't just keep trying whatever diet is out there or a challenge or, you know, just, I I felt like I had tried everything. And to me, I even hate the words coming out of my mouth. I always thought that bariatric surgery was the easy way out (laughs) until I did it. Um, because I kept telling myself I could lose 50 pounds. I would gain it all back. I could lose 40 pounds. I would gain it all back. And so I I knew some people who had had bariatric surgery, different versions of it. And I thought maybe I should look at it. So I looked into it. I went to a seminar. My husband was like, you don't need that. You're fine. You know, he just didn't like the medical side of it. The fact that I would have to, you know, undergo surgery. And so I said, well, let me, I just need to, let me go through the process. So I started and I went to nutrition classes because I figured that can't hurt. It's not, you know, at least go through that because it's a six month process. And I would say probably about halfway through that process. And we were right in the thick of COVID at that point. So it was all online. I just knew it was the right thing for me. I knew it was what I needed. I knew I needed help. And for, you know, I was at the time 40, what, four years old or so that I needed more. Um, and so that's, that was it. That was my decision, but it was that new year's Eve. Like I just was like, I'm going to go out, I'm going to have fun, but I didn't feel good about myself. Yeah. And how, how has the surgery kind of changed your life since having it? Oh my God. I'm I feel like I'm just like the person I was always meant to be. So I like to do, I'd love to do things, fun things. I love roller coasters. I love roller skating. I love, um, you know, like I said, camping, backpacking, all of that, but I couldn't do it. So, you know, after I met my husband and he had two kids and they're younger, they're currently eight and 13. So when I met him, they were even younger than that. All the things that we wanted to do with them. And I was always like, well, I don't really like roller coasters, which was a lie. But I was that person who went on a roller coaster once when I was in my early 20s and it didn't fit. I didn't fit and I had to get off. And ever since then, I was like, oh, 
no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that walk of shame again. And so from then on, I didn't like roller coasters. I love roller coasters. And so it was just that, like I wanted to roller skate, but my ankles couldn't hold me up. And so it was just one of those things where it was like, if I want to really be engaged in this family, this is what I have to do. And now I am. So I'll go roller skating. Like, when are we going? (laughs) I'm ready. Um, You know, and I never really tried primitive backpack camping. So to think that I could hike, sure, I could hike. It's walking essentially. But to do it with, you know, 50 pounds on my back, I already was 300 pounds. (laughs) I couldn't imagine adding another 50. So now, you know, that I'm right around 150 pounds down to add 50 pounds on is not a huge deal. So it's just like, I like the, I like the adventurous. I like the, the things that we're able to do that we like to do. And now I can do it. And I just feel like I am exactly where I was supposed to be my whole life. A little bit sad that I feel like, you know, there's a morning where I feel like I lost 30 years of my life just because I hid behind my weight and and I wasn't able to do things, but I have it back now. And I'm doing all the things. (laughs) That's my theory. I want to do it all. What is there? I'll do it. Yeah. It's never too late. You have a new lease on life and you get to do so many fun things. What's primitive backpack hiking? Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So it's just like, we like to camp. We, my husband and I love to camp. We love to, to hike, but primitive backpack camping is like, you literally are taking everything in your backpack. You're hiking that couple miles out and setting up. Um, and then hiking it back. So we have to be really mindful of like, what food are we bringing? Cause you, especially, and when we lived in North Carolina, that's when we did it a lot and there's bears. <laughs> so we oh, packed yeah. like just, the, and being a bariatric patient, that makes it even harder because you have to really think through like, how much food do I want? Cause I don't want extra. Um, but do I have enough in water? Where am I getting my water from? And so there's a lot of thought that goes into it, but that, I think that's the part that I like about it, that we have to like strategically plan it. And then like, it's kind of badass to get out there with like my backpack and we're going to hike these two miles and, and then we're going to set up this little bitty tent that we have and, and sleep. Stay there. I love yeah. it. No, yeah. that's exciting. I like yeah. that. Well, let's kind of talk more about that. So um, I know you said you were really active before you had bariatric surgery. And, and now I've been following you in all these, you know, running goals and things like that. But tell us a little bit about, you know, your your fitness journey, you know, before surgery. And now that you've had your surgery, tell us a little bit about what you've been doing. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, even like when I was a kid, I played all the sports, field hockey, basketball, softball, I played everything. Um, even had a gym membership, you know, after high school and into like college and being an adult and I would go to the gym and try to figure out how to use like weight machines and that kind of thing. It was never much of like a treadmill. I'd walk on it. I didn't really care for cardio as much. Um, and I guess more recently before surgery, I got into body pump, which I love LaMille's classes and whatnot. So I would always find a gym that had like body pump because I really, really gravitated towards that. And I still do. Um, but my sister was, um, she would run and she's also overweight and she would run and she was doing Disney races and whatnot. And I would go and I'm like, I will be your best cheering section, like for the rest of your life, but I'll never be a runner. And I would make signs and banners and I'd get up at 4am with her and I'd go there. But I was like, this isn't for me. But I think deep down it was for me. And I maybe was a little jealous that it wasn't me. So I wanted to be there and be part of it, but I knew I couldn't. I just didn't feel like I had it in me at over 300 pounds to get out there and like run a, she would do like a 5k, a 10k and a half marathon in a weekend. And I'm like, that's no, you'd be lucky if I could do the 5k, you know? Right. And so I just was like, no, it's not me. And even my friend, 
my best friend, same thing. I told her like, uh, no, it's not me. And she's like, look at you now. <laughs> you swore it wasn't you, but it was. And so it flipped for me after having surgery. We walked a lot. We hiked a lot because like I said, my surgery was in 2020. So it was during COVID and we had to get creative with how to, I'm supposed to be losing weight while the rest of the world is gaining weight. And how are we right. going to do this? And so I ordered a bunch of exercise equipment for home, which luckily I still have. So I can exercise anytime I want. It's right over there. <laughs> um, and, um, out, you're just getting outside. So that's when we really got into hiking. And then we lived where we lived. We had a park across the street and we would, my husband would run and I would walk and he, he knew how many laps he could do and how many, I knew how much many laps I could walk and we'd meet up. And then one day he was like, it took me a lot longer to catch up to you. He's like, I don't, I don't know why he's like, did you run? And I'm like, I did. <laughs> I actually did because I was getting frustrated that I couldn't walk any faster. So I was like, right. well, let me just try this. And I jog a little bit and then I jog until I couldn't breathe. And then I'd walk some. And that's how I started with like interval jogging. And I was like, well, let me try couch to 5k. And I did that. And, you know, to date, and this was back in 2020, I still don't really run a whole 5k. I think I've done it once, maybe twice without stopping. I'm more or less an interval jogger and I'll just stop mm -hmm. and walk for maybe five seconds or do I'll do like a five breath count, get it back together and then run again. So it's not like I walk a lot, but I still walk. I don't run the whole thing. <clears throat> I try. <laughs> it just doesn't work out for me, but either way, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but that was it. It was just like me getting frustrated with not being able to keep up like a better pace. And, and he it was so funny. He was just like, did you run? <laughs> He's like, wait a minute. How come you're so much farther ahead? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so a couple things I'm hearing is I love to hear that you started with, you know, walking and that's great. And that's where, you know, a lot of folks start with that is, is just, let's just get out there and move our body. Let's see how we can go. And each day you're trying to go a little bit, maybe longer or a little bit faster. I know when I started training um, for a marathon many years ago, we did the run walk method. So we ran a mile, walked a minute. Now other people had different intervals, but I think that interval training is, is so helpful, especially as you begin, because maybe you can only, you know, jog for a short distance, but you can walk, you're both crossing the same distance, right? And right. so however you do that, who cares? Like you're right. doing it. Um, and I know uh, large groups of people that I trained with, we all did the run walk method. Um, and I, I found it to be really successful, but I find that helpful because I think a lot of folks think like, oh, I have to just start running. And it's like, no, you don't. No, not start. at all. And the funny thing is I told my sister who was my, you know, I admired for her running. I said, yeah. let's do a 5k. I think I'm ready. To, let's find me a 5k. And she's like, okay. So she comes back and she says, well, there's this women's, um, duathlon coming up in Philly. It's actually a triathlon, but that year because of COVID, it was going to be a duathlon. They took the pool part out of it. She's sure. like, so there's no swimming. It's just bike riding and running. And I was like, Jennifer, I asked you for a 5K. <laughs> so she's like, right, but I'm doing it. So you should just do it with me. So it was run a mile, uh, bike nine miles, and then run a 5K. And that was my first ever competitive race that I did. Wow. So I dove into that first thing. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. So I did it. That's yeah. awesome. Well, tell us about this new goal that you have where you're doing a 5K every month. Tell us, like, wh what got you to set that goal particularly? So uh, my best friend and I, we have a podcast of our own. And we have a, an Instagram page, page that's dedicated just to that. Um, she um, lost over 100 pounds without weight loss surgery. I lost it with weight loss surgery. And we just feel like we have a lot to offer. We've been doing this our entire life. Um, and we feel like we have a lot of experience to offer. So we decided that it's really important for us to set goals and put them out there um, for, and we're, we're businesswomen. Like we, 
both grew up in restaurants and we set goals for ourselves in the workplace. Hey, let's do it for ourselves outside of the workplace too. So we then, because we're extra, we broke it down even further. We had an overall goal of where we wanted to be weight wise, but what was going to get us. So we made many goals beyond that. What's going to get us to this weight. And it was food prepping. Um, it was continuing with our podcast. It was, um, we had a fitness goal and hers is to become a body pump instructor, which she's getting ready to do her training for. And then mine was to do a 5k every month and at minimum of, of a 5k every month. And I was like, that will keep me on track. I can't just go into every 5k cold Turkey, or I can't go three months without running and just say, okay, I'll try again. So if I know I have at least one every month, I have to do something in between to keep up with it. So it's like, I don't run, every day. I'm not like a three times a week or five times a week. I run when I have the time. I prefer to run outside. So I run when the weather's right. Um, But outside of that, I'm more of a, and I'm probably skipping ahead, but I'm more of a, um, I'll do body pump classes or work out at the gym or whatever the case, but I prefer to run outside. So I'm looking out there right now. It looks pretty nice. And I probably should go out there and run today because I do have a 5k coming up. And that's what keeps me going because I know it's, it's, there's going to be one within the next month. So I have to keep it going. Um, And I did know that I had for me for work at the end of the summer, I get super busy. So I doubled down earlier in the year and I did two in one month because I was like, I don't know if I'll be able to, because I'll be traveling quite a bit for work. So Um, And that's exactly what happened. So I was already ahead one and then I fell behind one month. So I'm evened out now, but I have two in November. So even if something happened in December, I'll close out with at least five. And some of them are five miles. Some of them are four miles, um, 5K. So it's just minimum 5K was my goal. I love that. Well, good for you. That's awesome. And I love that you, first of all, I loved everything you said about setting goals and staying on track with that, both in your business life, your personal life, your, you know, with your physical health. I mean, that is how, you know, it it helps to keep us moving, you know, and keep Mm -hmm. us staying on track is having those goals and those mini goals that you set to kind of get you to the bigger picture. That was going to be my next question, which, which, which is, you know, a lot of us will say, gosh, I got to run today or I got to walk or I got to do my workout. How have you, you know, if there, is there any other, you know, ways that you've kind of kept yourself on track, um, to, you know, just get yourself out the door when you don't really feel like it. Yeah, my husband, (laughs) because he's very active. And so he'll like, there'll be days that I'll be here because I work from home most of the time if I'm not traveling. And so I'm here and I'm just like, I don't really have it in me. Like, you know, kid take my daughter to school and, or I've got to get laundry done and I'm working and I, there's a hundred things to do in a day. And I'm like, I just don't really have it in me. And he'll come home. He's like, all right, we're going running today. And I'm like, "Mm." Damn it. Yeah, we are. I guess we are, aren't we? And and I don't always run as much as he does because he is much faster paced than I am, but we have a kind of a loop where we go around here. Um and he'll most of the time double what I do, but it's just that I get out there and I do it. So if even if I'm not feeling it, he's usually pushing me to or vice versa. Some days I'm like, "Come on, I got to go. I have a 5k coming up, so you're coming with me." So we kind of like take each other along, but it's not I don't love it. I don't always want to do it, but I know that it's necessary. It keeps me on track. Um, And same thing, we talked about relating it to business goals. I don't love doing all the things that I have to do to meet business goals either, but it's it's a commitment that I have to the company that I work for, so I'm going to do it. So this is my commitment to me, so I have to do it. And it's not... I don't, it's, I don't have a five day a week. I don't have a seven day a week. I have, I give what I can. And sometimes it's not running. Sometimes it's walking. Like if my knee bothers me, I'm just going to walk it today and that's okay. 
And that's okay. Yeah. Yes. Listening to your body, honoring that. No, I love that. Um, and so you were talking about earlier too, that you do the body pump. So is the resistance training kind of your cross training that you do right now? And, and kind of tell us how that's helped you with your running. Yeah, I think I just feel stronger. I feel stronger by doing that. And and same thing there. I'll fall off, especially traveling um, for work. Like I was just gone uh, eight days, I think I was gone. And so I didn't, haven't done any of that. And I know when I go back to a class, it's going to hurt. <laughs> because I haven't right. done it in a little while. But for me, luckily, my job is physical and I was on my feet all day and it was brutal. So I've, I've got a lot of movement in. So I wasn't just like stationary, but it's it's hard. So I know that it I, I'm in pain when I don't stay on top of that too. So I would say I am two-ish days a week of doing okay. like a body pump class and I can do it from here too. Um, but I just don't have my, we moved a couple months ago and I don't have everything set up. So I haven't done anything here yet. Um, and I need to stop with that excuse and just get it all set up. Um, but I'll do about two days a week of that. And then like two, one to two days a week or so of running. So I'm looking at like four, uh, like four days of some type of exercise. And if I'm away, if I can't get outside, hotels always have a gym. So I'll go do right. something there. I love how you've kind of gotten, how you've made it work in your life. And what I love to hear too is that, you know, we all have great ideas and, and we want to do these things. And and number one, you've pushed through the hard when you didn't want to. And you're like, you know, I got to do this. I have certain goals I have to do. But also you've given yourself kind of that, you know, permission, so to speak of like, hey, you know, I'm not feeling it today. I don't have to run. I can walk and give myself, you know, a little bit of, you know, just breathing room to listen to my body. If it's aching, you know, you don't have to go so hard. And, and I think that that's a good balance. It sounds like, you know, you really have listened to your body. Yeah. Yeah. And even on days when it's, um, especially because well, I live in Delaware and it gets colder here and it can snow and sure. whatnot. Um, and so when we, it, when it's not nice outside, uh, we will run around the house and we look like complete maniacs. So if anyone ever looked through our window, it's like, it looks like I'm chasing my husband around the Island in the kitchen. And that's not the case. It's, <laughs> it's just like, what us. kind of games are they playing? Right. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> that's different. Um, but yeah, we'll just, we just run around the house and we have, um, it's, we're in a, um, a townhouse. So there's two sets of stairs. So up the stairs, down the stairs, and then we'll try to push ourselves up. And the most I can get is like nine. I can maybe do 10 in a row and then I'm like ready to fall out. Um, but we'll, one of us will take one floor and, you know, we try to stay out of each other's way, but we'll run. It's just so funny running around and then we'll come in here and, you know, pick up some weight bars or whatever. We'll do some core workout. It's just like, I I mean, you just have to get rid of the excuses of, well, it's raining outside. Okay. Is it raining inside? No. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And I don't have to hit an 11 minute pace to run inside. I just have to get my, my blood pumping. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. Just keep it moving. Absolutely. I think that's great advice. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how's your fueling evolved, you know, since you've had your mm-hmm. surgery to really, tr- you know, fuel these types of movements that you're doing, your running or your lifting days. How have you kind of changed your nutrition over time? Well, as you know, before before I knew you, I had no idea what I was doing um, before I started following you and listening to your podcast. And so I was just, I knew like carbs were essential. And so every time I hear like, you know, keto or no carbs, and I'm just like, I as much as it's been beaten into us, especially right out of surgery to low carb and everything, I know that's not for me. I know that I need more. Um, but I also know that I shouldn't be reaching for like Swedish fish and gummy bears <laughs> to get my fuel. <laughs> so yes, those are carbs, but it's not the carbs I'm looking for. Um, and I typically, uh, 
So there's a um, protein bar called Dive Bar and it's got caffeine in it and it's got about like 25-ish grams of carbohydrates and it's my favorite and I eat one every day. And for the longest, that was kind of like, okay, I'm going to eat this before I go to work out or I'm going to eat this before I run. But I have, mm-hmm. being a bariatric patient, I have to play the game of what can my stomach tolerate before I do that and then the drinking and eating and balancing it out. And so... <clears throat> um, finding the right timing of that and then listening to your podcast and not now our forever joke was going to be the banana or half a banana. Right. Um, <laughs> um, I tried that. I was, and, and for, I don't know why I'm, I was always so afraid of bananas. Like, Whoa, there's a lot of carbs and sugar in that banana. But like, did Adam and Eve care about the banana or the apple? No. Like <laughs> were they overweight? No. <laughs> so, right. Fruit like, is okay. It's going to be yeah. okay. Um, and so, so I tried the half a banana and and it was great. And I, I, and I honestly felt a difference. I ate that. I would say like, I want to say like 20 minutes or so the half banana the first time before running and I felt great. And so the next day I was like, wonder what happened if I ate a whole banana and, you know, considering that my sleeve is about the size of a banana, I can certainly do that. And I did. And I hit like my fastest time I had run in a long time. And I was like, holy shit. It's, yeah, it, there's magic in the banana. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's been kind of my new thing. And I just never really did that before. And I never really thought to, not that I need to have like a whole pan of mom's lasagna the night before a 5k, but no. I do need to get some carbs in. And, and so mm-hmm. I try to think, be more thoughtful now before I do one of my races to have, you know, uh, Maybe it's, and when I eat spaghetti, it's, I do protein pasta and I do just a small portion of it. And then the majority of it is like the meat sauce or whatever. My husband's vegetarian. So it's typically like a meatless ground beef sauce, but either way I get the majority of my protein out of that. And then just a small portion of the pasta, but I just, I never really put it into perspective about the timing of the carbs and when to do it and how to do it and the right carbs. I knew there's good, and I hate to say good and bad, but there's whole or, or um, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, yeah, more processed complex you carbs, know, or right, complex exactly. carb versus, yeah, easy. Right. And I did a thing years ago and part of my yo-yoing if it fits your macros and and the appealing part to that when you're over 300 pounds is, well, I can have these Swedish fish because guess what? I got all these carbs to squeeze in today, but I just don't feel in my back of my mind. I knew that wasn't the right way to do it, but it was like it as a big girl, heck yeah, I can get these Swedish fish in and it fit my macros and I'm allowed. Um, And I just know that that's, it's just a bad, such a bad, unhealthy relationship with food. And so it's taking me, I'm three years post-op now. It's taking me every bit of the three years and then some to kind of patch that bad relationship. Yeah. No, and I, lo- I love to hear that. You know, and everyone kind of reaches that point of like, oh, okay, I think I do need to start adding in more carbohydrate because I, you know, I, I typically tell folks, oh, you know, when you're usually exercising, you know, around four times a week or more, working yourself up to an hour. But guess what? Some people need carbohydrate before that. That's not like a hard and fast rule. Mm-hmm. It's more just kind of guidance because I'll get questions like, you know, I had my surgery. Let's just say I'm just a year post-op. You know, when should I be adding in all these carbs? And it's like, like you said, you don't have to do like carbo loading for a, a five case, so to speak. What I would tell folks is, is just be more mindful that in the day or two before that you're having some source of carbohydrates at your meals, you're, you're hydrating, you're taking in sodium electrolytes to help when you're going to be sweating and then having something small pre-workout. And for you, the, you know, the magic was the banana, mm-hmm. which side note, I meant to tell you, 
Um, I should have messaged you this, but I'm going to say it on the podcast. My son is going to be a banana for Halloween. Yes, <laughs> I thought I about it. wearing the banana suit to this podcast recording, but I was like, uh, I don't know that everyone's going to get the. I would have died. Uh, if I had come on with a big banana head on you, I would have died. Like, what, what is she doing? But point is, you found something that was quick, easy to digest. You take in those 15 to 30 carbs in that you know hour or so before your run, and it's really helped. And and that's that trial and error that I encourage folks to you know keep an open mind about. The amount of carbs that one person might need or benefit from may be different than you or someone else. And you really just have to kind of play around with it, but keeping an open mind, you know, what might help me. So yeah. I just want to, I commend you because you tried something that you were like, oh, I don't know about this. And, you, and it's worked. And I'm still alive and here to talk about it. There you are. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so let's talk a little bit about post-workout then. When you get back from your runs, what types of things do you like to have after your workouts? I usually try, and it depends on where it is. So if I'm at home, it's easy enough. I come right home. And sometimes uh, we are not early morning runners unless it is a race. It's typically an after work thing. And so then it'll go like right into dinner. And I like to have, I'm a chef, so I like to have yeah. things prepped and ready. So when I get home, it's like 10 minutes to put it together. So I'll yes. often do that and just roll into dinner. Um, but if it is like a race that I'm doing and it's in the morning, then I'll typically bring like a, a protein shake with me. I'm a fair life girl. So I'll bring that. Yeah. And then that's what I take after that. Perfect. And that's, yeah, I've perfect. always been that way, but I never really, not that I ever really thought about it, but it was just like, I, I didn't think about it in a getting protein. And after I thought about it as in like, I'm going to be hungry when I'm done. What can I have? That's quick. <laughs> so right. that's yeah. kind of why I always went to an easy go-to protein shake. But now it's like the puzzle pieces kind of fit and it's like, oh yeah, that's right. This is the right thing to do. Okay. So some things yeah. I was doing correctly and didn't know it. And then some things I was like, Ooh, that wasn't right. But yeah. Yeah. And you know, a lot of times I get from runners particularly like, Hey, I'm really just not that hungry after the workout. Do I have to have something? And, and my advice is just, you know, of course we got to find the timeline that works best for you, but it, the, the sooner that you can get in something with protein, and again, I usually tell folks try to get somewhere between 20 to 40 grams of protein, and like most protein shakes are, you know, 25, 30 grams somewhere right. in there, like a fair life. Um, and then some kind of, you know, carbohydrate if possible. And and sometimes that might just be a shake is great because it's liquid. It's not like, you know, you don't, it doesn't feel like as heavy as sitting down and having a meal. So for a lot of folks that works, I just always remind folks try to get in some kind of carbohydrate as well, whether it's with the shake or whether you know you're going to be eating a meal in another hour or so, make sure you have some source of carb and protein because we want to put that back in right to mm -hmm. the muscles so that you're recovered and ready for tomorrow's, you know, workout, you know, so great job on that. And that kind of brings me to what I wanted to talk to you about too, which is tapping into your expertise as a chef. So mm -hmm. how has being a chef helped you on your bariatric journey? It's been so interesting because at first, at first I would have said nothing has really changed that I just, you know, continue cooking and at smaller portions and whatnot, but it, it, in the course of the three years, it definitely has changed. And so, like I mentioned before, my husband's vegetarian. So when I first met him, I was like, so like, no, no meat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. So yeah. At that time I tried to, he will eat occasionally like fish or, or shrimp, but it's, it's very occasionally. Sure. So I had to think about how can I, um, flip dishes that I, I still want and crave and things that I want. And I'm not trying to make two separate meals. I would if I had to, but it's just like, who's got the time for that? So right. I was like, how can I still make what I like some of my favorites, but make it vegetarian? So I got really like, it was a challenge, challenge accepted. So I started doing that and I got pretty good with that. And um, my, actually my daughter, she would prefer most of the time to eat vegetarian stuff. And so it's like, okay, well, this is, this works out well. She doesn't really, she was so young. She, you know, she's eight now. So since, um, you know, 
I've been, well, she's my stepdaughter, but she's my daughter. So, but since I've been with her dad, like I'm feeding her vegetarian, she has no idea she's eating it to the point now where she'll say like, Oh, I like this better than like chicken. And I'm like, okay, good. So that works out well. But, um, so since I was able to, you know, start doing that and that was a challenge as I got further into, uh, probably about half a year and a half or so into my, uh, post-op, I thought, well, if I could do it with vegetarian, I've got to be able to do this with to make things more bariatric friendly, like things that I truly, truly love. Like I love a good fettuccine Alfredo, but that can't be I can't meal prep that for five days a week. That's not that's not sustainable to like continue on my maintenance path and having fettuccine Alfredo for five days a week. But I can right. find a way to make it better. And so things like that. So I would just look for different ingredients or different things to try and still be able to have something like that. Sometimes you have to scratch the itch. Sometimes I'm going to go out and I'm going to order that fettuccine Alfredo. Granted, I can only have five, six bites of it and then I'm done with it, but I'm going to get it and I'm going to scratch the itch. But um, I just really have tried to, and I, uh, some of the things that I, for a while was calling it flip this dish when I would post it on Instagram and, and show like how to make a healthier version of like a fettuccine Alfredo. So that's kind of the avenue that I go. Um, And then obviously being bariatric, everything is very protein forward. So chicken and you and I have talked about this before, like nobody should be eating boiled chicken. It's just not, I sometimes will boil it, but I'll even still, I'll boil it with seasonings in it to make like a shredded chicken or something like that. And that's the base of like a a whole nother meal. I would never just eat a piece of boiled chicken. It's not just chicken, broccoli and brown rice and sweet potatoes, but those are very um, staple ingredients to make even more like wonderful things. So I can turn any, all of that actually into a soup. Um, I've gotten really good with um, playing around with like ground chicken, ground turkey, um, rotisserie chicken, chicken thighs. I prefer over chicken breast because, and it's still a great protein. It doesn't always have to be chicken breast, Uh, but chicken thighs are just more flavorful. So it's like, okay, I'm still getting high protein out of this chicken, but it does not always have to be dry turkey, dry chicken, the end. And so I go more for like ground. Um, and, and I do eat beef more occasionally. I don't eat it a lot, but I do eat it more occasionally. Um, but that's and pork and pork is actually pork is like the underdog. It's there's nothing wrong with pork. People, no. I'm like, people are like pork is it's so gross. I'm like, listen, chickens eat their own shit. So yeah. <laughs> you're eating that, right? So surprise, surprise. Right. There we are. Yes. We're eating it. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and that's I think the key is just finding a variety of different protein sources. So it's not just the same old brown rice, chicken and broccoli every, you know, mm. every night. And, um, and that's kind of what I wanted to ask you too, was how do you, uh, prep like these different proteins so that you have them throughout the week, kind of maybe making it easier for you and your family to have, you know, these more, I mean, I know they're eating more vegetarian, but how do you prep and, and kind of get ahead of the game, so to speak, so that it's ready for you when you get back? Yeah. And I do typically prep every Sunday or Monday. I'll do my meal prep. I'm thrown off this week because I traveled, um, but I do have a grocery order to pick up tomorrow. So I find on it's going to be a very strange Thursday meal prep, but that's fine. Um, and I try to take like one protein ingredient because it is just me. Um, sometimes my daughter, my husband doesn't eat meat anyway, but while he, cause he does work, um, some nights and whatnot. So it's either going to be what I meal prep is either going to be my lunch or my dinner. I typically make like a soup 
and then another something else. And I'll try to utilize the same ingredients. So for example, I said like I get really crafty with like ground turkey. So here's an example of something that I may do if I was meal prepping. Um, I made, and this one was really good and I was just thinking about it. I think I kind of want to make it again, like stuffed cabbage, you know, stuffed cabbage where it's like the rice and ground beef and the tomato and it's rolled up in cabbage. Well, I made a stuffed cabbage soup. So I kind of was like, "Mm, I don't want like to eat the stuffed cabbage and it's getting cooler outside. So I'm loving incorporating soups, but instead of the beef, I used ground Turkey. Um, I just chopped up the cabbage. I used brown rice instead of using white rice. And it was kind of all the same things that you would put into that, um, into that, uh, stuffed cabbage roll, but like chopped up and made into a soup and it was so good. And I just like, I mean, I ate that. And a lot of times what I love about meal prepping soup and what's helpful for me today if I don't finish what I've have portion, like what I've cooked, I will put it in a Ziploc bag and freeze it. So since I've been gone for over a week, I just pulled out a bag of chili that I had made and I had a couple portions left. So that's about to be my lunch when we're done here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go heat up that. So there's no work involved. I already had it stashed away. I can pull it out. Um, another thing that I did, um, let's just say same ground turkey, was I made some um, turkey Mediterranean turkey meatballs. So it's still, mm-hmm. you're still getting that great, um, protein out of it, but I put like some feta cheese in it, some Kalamata olives, all those flavors. And then I just um, cooked those off and I topped it with tzatziki. Now tzatziki is another, add some more protein onto it because you're looking at Greek yogurt, cucumbers, right? So it's all, I just try to think about where am I getting maximum protein um, and still getting some carbs in there, but like really trying to balance it, but very protein heavy. And it's usually, I just try to keep the same protein for everything that I meal prep because it is mostly just for me. Um, And then adding in little things here and there. I'll buy like um, the Uncle Ben's rice packets because I don't need to make a big batch of rice. So if I do one of those packets, I and I always meal prep by fours because there's seven days in the week, but I don't always want the same thing. So if I don't eat, if I eat it on Monday and I don't want it on Tuesday, I still have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and maybe even into the weekend. So I don't ever prep more than four, unless it's a pot of soup, who knows how far that's going to go. But that packet of rice will get me for exactly four portions for what amount I like to have. Sure. Yeah, I love that. And I was just going to ask you that. So what are some of the carbohydrates that you like to add to your meals that are, you know, your protein forward, but then, you know, mixing in some carbohydrate as well? What do you like to add? So I do gravitate towards like a brown rice or a wild rice. Um, there's like a, a seeds of change it's called, and it makes like a quinoa brown rice mix. And I have yes. that, I, I buy that by the big box at Costco. Um, and I'll use that quite often. Um, sweet potato. I love sweet potato. And sometimes I'll make like sweet potato fries or I'll bake it and have it as a, like a baked half. And then sometimes I'll, the rest of them that I've baked, I'll pull the stuffing out and turn it into a mash. So I just like to take one ingredient and make it multiple ways. So I don't, I'm not like so bored. Like here's my roasted sweet potato again for day six. So yeah, so I just try to switch it up. And if I just get one sweet potato, I cut that in half, I can have, and I only eat half of it for like a baked, I'll do a baked, cut it in half. I usually like stuff or top that sometimes like rotisserie chicken with um, a G Hughes sugar-free barbecue sauce. That's a good go-to one for me. I'll top that a little cheese on it. And then I'll do um, some veggies on the side of that. And then 
the other half I'll scoop it out and make mash with. And then I'll introduce in later in the week, my seeds of change rice or something like that. But it's typically like that. And occasionally, because I mean, my husband is, he's about this big. So, you know, he eats, he's a grown man and he eats like one. Um, He still wants like a regular, you know, potato or whatever. So I'll incorporate that every once in a while. It's not an everyday for me, but once a week or so, we'll have regular mashed potatoes or I'll buy like fingerling potatoes because I'm like, oh, this is fancy. And then we'll roast that or something. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I love and I love to hear those components because I think it's good to hear number one, you're a chef. So you obviously are well versed with, you know, how to balance plates and things like that. But it's good too to just hear that it's okay to incorporate carbohydrates with your protein. And you like you said, all your recipes, you're making sure that you're paying attention to where you're getting your protein from, how you can swap in, uh, you know, maybe a higher source of protein. And then you're you're still incorporating, you know, the carbohydrate rich foods with which have, you know, vitamins and, and minerals and have fiber and, and that's a good way to balance your plate. And I just, I love to hear that you're sharing that because I think, you know, number one, we all get kind of bored with the same old stuff, you know, and, and not being a chef, you know, we may not know how to make it taste real good, but do you like, do you put things um, up where folks can kind of see maybe some of your favorite recipes or things like that? I do. So mostly it's in Berry Nation because I do, I am their expert chef in there. And so all of my recipes go there. Um, Some of them I will post on Instagram as I make them. Um, and if people ever ask me, I just will DM them. It's a lot for me when I do my recipes, I do it and I put write the macros out and everything. So it does take a lot of time to put that work into it, but I can certainly write down like ingredients and whatnot for people, but I have saved all the recipes that I've made. And my intent is to turn it into a cookbook because I, at this point, because I've been doing it for Berry Nation for two years now. So at this point I have probably like 200 recipes that are like written out in recipe format. And I didn't always used to put the macros on it. So I have to go back to the ones where I haven't done it and add that and kind of tweak things and put it together. But I feel like I just want to, my thing is to make food that fits me and fits my needs, but that everyone will eat. So when I go to, um, for an example, my um, daughter, she's a Girl Scout. And at the end of the summer, they have this Girl Scout um, get together celebration, they get their awards and everything. And it's potluck, everybody brings something. I'm like, great. Potlucks are always like an automatic anxiety for a bariatric patient. But if you bring something you know you can have, and if I make that dish whole and complete for me, then that's fine. If that's all I have, I'm fine. So I made a pasta salad, but I did like cute little bow tie pasta and I did protein pasta and I made it to be normally a pasta salad's like all pasta and you see some veggies and whatnot floating in it. This was probably like a quarter of it was pasta, but then I loaded it with like fresh mozzarella, turkey pepperoni, a bunch of veggies, a light balsamic vinaigrette. It, did, it wasn't hard. I was actually living in a camper at the time when I made it. So when we first moved back up here, we lived in our camper. So I made it out of a camper, this big dish of it. And it was honestly the first thing to go, but it was yeah. just very, it was protein and veggie heavy and then just less of the pasta, but you make it look sure. cute with a bow tie and everybody wants some. So, right. and then right. and the other thing that I will say is even if you're not a great cook, fresh herbs, fresh garlic makes all the difference instead of dried. It just gives that kind of, you, you want to indulge yourself and feel like you're in a restaurant. Restaurants use fresh herbs and fresh garlic. So it's like just sure. adding that little special touch to it. Buy the jarred sauce, go for it, buy the sugar-free stuff, buy, buy that kind of stuff. But just adding those fresh herbs is what's going to kind of give it that extra layer of flavor. Yeah. 
Oh, I love that. Um, okay. And so uh, let me ask you this. Do you have any advice for anyone listening? Um, you know, just about things that you've learned along your journey, whether it be from, you know, the chef side or just the, you know, the exercise, the nutrition part, you know, any advice that you have for folks listening, because you've given so much already. Is there anything else you want to share? I mean, I feel like it's just, it's overwhelming. So my advice is to just break down one step at a time. And even if you just do one thing right that day, you did that one thing right. And, uh, you know, it's, we have so many things as a bariatric patient. It's your water, it's your vitamin, it's your protein. You have all these goals that you have to hit in any given day. And it is okay to not hit them all, all the time. It, it is okay because we are, we beat ourselves up because for most of us, it's our last resort. The surgery was 100% our last resort to, to get to live the life that we've always dreamed to live. And so instead of like fixating on the fact that I didn't meet my protein goal, even if you didn't meet it every day this week, you got protein in and tomorrow's another day to try it again. So not to be so hard on yourself and every day, just try something a little bit different and just try to elevate each day a little bit differently because we certainly didn't get to, I didn't get to be over 300 pounds overnight. And so for it to, to think I'm going to be perfect overnight is like impossible. And so just doing, just to make small little changes every day to get yourself back to where you need to be. There's some days where I'm like high-fiving myself, patting myself on the back, because guess what? I hit my water goal by like 4 p.m. I've hit my protein goal. I don't really count calories anymore because I'm in maintenance. I'm more so just going after the protein and making sure I get some good sources of carbs and veggies and whatnot in. Um, but I'll hit my water goal, hit my protein goal. I've already, like today I've already had my, my vitamins. I'm like, woohoo, look at me go. So it's like, you know, these small little victories that you have, it's like to, you know, we just, there's so much for us to do. Just don't be so hard on yourself. It's hard to figure it all out. It's really, really hard. And the same with like the nutrition piece and every, I'm three years post-op and I just now kind of got the, like fueling my workout piece. And I wouldn't even say I have it right, but I've, I've unlocked a piece of it that I now understand more. So it's like, you're just going to continue learning and adding things to your toolbox and just, just keep tucking things away in your toolbox and throw away the broken tools. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. No, I think that's such great advice. And, and I hear that time and time again from guests that I've had on is just those small changes add up and they make, they lead to big results and you may not see them each day may not seem like a big deal, but you're doing it. And each day you're taking a step forward towards whatever those goals might be. And I just, I appreciate all this information. I I especially love all the, the cooking tips too. Um, where can folks follow you? Um, as also your podcast, can you tell us where we can follow you and learn more? So on Instagram, I'm not really on Facebook or TikTok. I'm there, but I don't use either one of them. So I'm very primarily um, Instagram heavy. So I'm Steph the Shrinking Chef on Instagram. And then my podcast page with my friend Justy, um, who gives a whole nother um, set of information from her her aspect of it. But we uh, it's called We Are Losing It. So we, ha- and we have our podcast there. So we're on you know YouTube and podcast platforms. And then... Um, one of these days, it's just really just come to me that I'm going to get this cookbook going. I'm like, okay, you've got like 200 recipes. It's time yes. to pull the trigger. So, and honestly, I want to have weight loss surgery. And so it's just so expensive. And I thought, you know what? I put this is what has been a labor of love for me. I put a lot of work into this and I really want to get it published and see if I can 
turn a profit off of it and put it into having this skin cut off <laughs> because yeah, I've worked really hard on the recipes and I've worked really hard on myself. So if I can get the two to merge together, that's kind of my thought. So it's coming. Awesome. It's coming. <laughs> well, I will be buying it. Let me tell you that right now because I'd love to try all the recipes. And, um, you know, so definitely let us know when you do that and I'll have you back on and we can talk about the recipes and things that you've included because I think that's that's what's great too is, again, we're all we're all here learning. We're all trying to, you know, try some new foods, try to, you know, keep optimizing our nutrition so that we're getting in the right nutrients and learning from someone like you who's got the expertise and making things taste good mm-hmm. is something that I know that I would want more of because I'm constantly looking to, you know, upgrade what we're having in our household and I'm not a chef. So um, I would appreciate it. So I'll definitely be buying it. And um, if you guys can give Steph a follow on Instagram um, and also on the podcast, I definitely want to check out your podcast as well. So thanks so much for being here today. Absolutely. Thank you. It was great. All right. Well, cool, you guys. So definitely um, give stuff a follow, like I said. And if you want to watch the full episode of this podcast, you can see it on my YouTube channel, which is the Active Bariatric Nutrition channel. You can follow me on my social media, which is on Instagram, Active Bariatric. I also have a private Facebook page. So if you'd like to join our community, it's the Active Bariatric Nutrition Community in Facebook. And then also TikTok, which same as you, stuff. I'm not real great at TikTok yet, but I'm, I'm doing my best to keep posting things there. And then if you would like to learn more about my one-to-one bariatric nutrition coaching services, please go to my website, which is activebariatricnutrition.com and you can schedule a discovery call so that we can learn more about each other. So again, Steph, thanks so much for being here. And um, guess what? We'll do this again next week, everyone. Take care. Yeah.